I'll never forget the moment that I was officially on my own. My parents had spent an exhausting afternoon helping me get settled in my freshman dorm. August heat in Central Texas is no joke. And although I was wiped from going up and down stairs, carrying suitcases, a mini fridge, a Rocky II poster. Yeah, for some reason, I had a large black and white image of Sylvester Sloan jabbing at a punching bag on my wall right next to my bed. Anyway, despite all the sweat and mixed emotions, I was so excited to start this new journey of life. I was fortunate enough to go to a university where I knew a lot of people from my hometown, but it was a big enough place to always have an opportunity to meet someone new. Of course, the term white privilege wasn't expressed back then, but I can look back now and realize how much advantage I had going into this affluent system of higher education. Today's film serves as a great reminder that there are many people in this country that aren't afforded such luxuries or don't receive quite the same warm welcome when they go off to college. Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and today we are focusing on the 2022 film, Master. Thank you to all the new subscribers out there. I can't wait to talk about today's film, Master, with today's guest, Bradley Denson. Ten years ago, Bradley and I worked together in downtown Dallas, and although we haven't verbally kept up with each other, it's always been fun to keep up with his life on social media. Bradley is a professional keynote speaker, trainer, author, and minister, presenting on grief topics including self-care, grandparent grief, and bereavement care, and he's also a super talented guy. When I first met Brad in his office, he had several Funko Marvel characters lining his bookshelf, so I knew immediately that this was a guy that I could talk movies with. I can't wait to talk to him about this movie because it is a film that will elicit conversation, and I can't wait to hear his perspective on it. Master is from director-writer Mariamo Diallo, and this is a tremendous feature film debut. Set at an elite Northeastern university that will remind you of an Ivy League school, Two black women at different stages in their life struggle to find their place in this established institution. Regina Hall plays Gail Bishop, the first black master of a residence hall, and Zoe Renee plays Jasmine, a bright-eyed freshman. The reality of each woman's positions are quickly crushed by the politics and haunted history of this revered college. What is the real threat to these women? The white faculty and students that they interact with every day? Or is it the urban myth that surrounds the Salem-era hill that sits near the university? D.I.O. presents tremendous racial and social dilemmas packaged with philosophical arguments. As our world diversifies, D.I.O. suggests that our insistency on rewriting or altering history is alienating and hurtful for all people, no matter what race you are. Are we willing to stay in place to fight the good fight? Is it better to run away and shelter in place? Or is America just built upon a system that will never change? Regardless of what conclusion you come to after watching Master, I guarantee you that you won't look at a historic portrait lining a university hallway the same way again. Before I bring Brad in, this is your warning that this conversation may contain spoilers. Master contains lots of effective creepy scenes and some effective plot twists, so if you don't want to know about those before watching the film on Amazon Prime Video, I've given you a fair warning. Hey Brad, how's it going? Going great, man. Going great. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, it's so good to see you. It's been forever. Probably, I mean, over 10 years? Yeah, man. It's been too long, man. Yeah, well... Too uh, long not to hang out with good people, so... Well, I have two things to kind of um, address you about. One, I'm, I'm glad you brought up this movie because... I saw it just I listened to a different podcast and um, I'm always trying to be aware of what's out there, especially 
uh, with all the streaming networks, there's constant barrage of movies with really good talented people that, you know, come across your eyes, but you know, it's like it, they just come and go, you know, it's like, you know, so I'm glad you pointed this out just to come back to it. Cause I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But then I forgot about, it. uh, but the bone I have to pick with you is that I asked initially if it was, if this was a scary movie and you said, no, it's more of a thriller and watching it, it cre- creeped me out like crazy. So, uh, anyway, I watched it and I, uh, a lot of these movies, my, <laughs> my, my wife does not, she does not dig horror movies. So a lot of the times I'm watching it, like after she falls asleep and stuff and she woke up at one point and she was like, what are you watching? I was like, you can blame this on Brad. It's not, not on me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, um, so I, um, I, I set up, I set up the movie a little bit, um, in, in the intro about what it's all about and everything like that. But I, I just want to hear uh, your, your perspective on it. Yeah. What's, what's kind of funny when, uh, when I told you it wasn't a horror movie and then you kind of came into it expecting it not to be a horror movie, then got surprised quite frankly, I think the horror element might have been added after the fact because I think it's more of a social commentary movie and then they might have added the horror thing to make it potentially more popular or watchable for a wider audience. That's my opinion of it. But I think it really hits, to me, most of the horror, and I'm using air quotes here, most of the horror is from the social commentary, not the scary stuff. Because those things, a lot of the things that went on was what hit the nail on the head. Those were things that I've experienced or other people of color have experienced on campuses all over this world. And so that was a more scary part to me that, wow, somebody's really going to show what a student of color goes through on a predominantly white campus and what faculty goes through on a predominantly white campus. So that was kind of the horror to me uh, versus the, you know, the spooky stuff with the witch and all those kind of things like that. There's the horror scenes, but as the movie progresses, you kind of, the two definitely blend in to each other and almost flip, flip heads at one point to even where at the end of it, um, uh, I'm not saying that, I, I don't think it's maybe a straight narrative of like this stuff was actually happening to them. I don't know what you thought as far as the horror aspect of it. And so I thought, yeah. um, you know, I, I wondered like, Oh, were the, you know, was it actually a haunted place or it, it just, it really plays with the mental aspect of like what you saw, what was, what was worse the like creepy arm underneath the, uh, the bed or was it the yeah. subtle, uh, racism and just like how she was welcomed onto right. campus and those sorts of things. I, I think kind of the the horror aspect was adding the supernatural to the natural because you know you kind of you mentioned at the end of the movie right and it was kind of like that it's always been this way mm-hmm. we've always been here and then she started recognizing people that were people from the pictures, right? That over a hundred years old, but those people are sitting in the room, right? Because it's like, it's always been this way and it will always be this way. And I think that was kind of that blend between that horror and real life that the spirit of that 
is ever present, right? And so I think some of that was potentially real. I mean, even from the idea of when, even if it was, you know, a fable about the witch, right? But then for them to even put this brand new freshman girl in that room, right? To put her in danger intentionally, like, oh, she got that room, right? Mm -hmm. And it would have been worse if they put her in there by herself and she actually ended up in there by herself later. But they didn't, so it wasn't really kind of, you couldn't say, well, that's racist. They put the black girl in the haunted room because she had a roommate, right? Right, right? But eventually she wound up in there by herself and things like that. So it's all these little subtle microaggressions of racism. Even when um, the main character, as far as the, I guess she, she's called not the den mother, but um, well, she was actually, that was her position, right? Um, campus master. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that yeah. was her position. That's what the movie was named after, right? Um, and so for her to have a friend that was up for promotion, but the other white people, really because she was black or they thought she was black, another spoiler, because they thought she was black, they tried to bring up all these other things to disqualify her from being tenured. Right. And, and so those, and it's like, well, don't you feel that way? Almost putting her on the spot, like, okay, are you going to play? Are you going to be black? Or are you going to be professional? Like you can't be both. Right. right. And frankly, those are things I've experienced in my professional career. Uh, that's what my wife has experienced in her professional career, being in academia since we even were dating way back in the nineties, you know, so I've watched this thing from afar in academia, her being the only professional black woman in the room and her being vice president of this or associate, whatever of that and going to conferences essentially alone because nobody looked like her. Right. And knowing those were the things, you know, and oh, I got to wear this pantsuit. I can't wear these colors and I got to do this with my hair and I got to do this. And, I, you know, that nobody else had to worry about because to them, the norm is whatever their culture was. Right. So the the movie was hitting the nail on the head all over the place, man. Even having friends that, you know, and they, they're called PMIs, right? Or PWIs, predominantly white institutions. Mm. That's kind of what they're called in academia, yeah. right? So I've had, yeah. I went to a PWI. I went to, you know, a state school in Louisiana. I won't give the name. I won't give that spoiler. But, you know, I went to a state, a state school in Louisiana. Um, and I had friends that would go to frat parties and stuff like that. And the endearment of the Caucasian fraternities and at the Caucasian parties, their endearment to black cultural music that has the profanity in it or the N word in it. And they almost say that word with aggression. You know, I've had friends that have experienced that at parties, you know, when they've been like one or two of the black kids there and, and the, you know, Caucasian kids were like celebrating being able to say that word, but they would never say it if it was just them and that black person. Mm -hmm. But in the group, they feel empowered to say it even with aggression and celebration to the point of being extremely derogatory for whatever people of color are at, are at that party. So I, those things were hitting home and those were like even little micro traumas and things they are like, wow. Um, 
being at a PWI and being in a classroom about the size of a theater. And there are so few black students in that class that even if I didn't know the other black students, I had to make sure I didn't sit next to them because we got accused of cheating before because he could look up in this theater sized classroom and see two black kids within two seats of each other. And we would get accused of cheating and we didn't even know each other. But then you think about it. Over a hundred Caucasian kids are in there and they could be 10 of them sitting next to each other because they're all friends, but they can hide in their whiteness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all these things are kind of spoken into in this movie. And it's, I mean, and it's kind of tearing the curtain down. So, but I, you know, like I was saying, I think they added that horror element to make it more palatable. Right. Um, Because it, you know, the real life horror of it uh, can be even more terrifying, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, often, and I think it seeps in into uh, politics and media. It's, you know, it's easy to say, uh, oh, be scared of this thing right in front of you right now. It's happening right now. And when, when the real horror is these systems that have been here forever rooted in racism and, um, and (laughs) it's like, I think that's almost like how this, uh, the, the balance of this movie is like, you know, you get caught up in the horror scenes and they're staged really well and they're really effective. And, um, but they're, they're almost like little short stories. They're little blips. And then you start, you know, it's getting juxtaposed to these other scenes of like, you know, these social issues. And then you're realizing, oh, wait, like, what am I having the greater response to? Yes. I might like jump in my seat for a second, but like that jump is not in comparison of what this could, you know, this affects many people on a daily basis. And, um, right. I really liked how she could take a small environment and speak to such a larger issue. Yeah. And, and, and I, at first I was like, okay, let me see what the cheese factor is in this thing. Because, you know, you see, um, I, her name is not Regina King. Was it Regina King that played? Oh, Regina Hall. Mm-hmm. I had my Regina's mixed up. Regina Hall is the main character, right? As far as the, the den mother uh, right. position or master position, you know, and her hair was kind of, stale. You know what I mean? It's like she was kind of, kind of, un, you know, un-Afrocentric, so to speak, almost. She's like, let me get as plain as I can in this role. And so I thought it was kind of almost, okay, where's the cheese factor in this? So, you know, is it kind of, but then as you watch the movie, you see how all those things play out. Even the, the older student, the other young lady, the African-American lady that was there at the school, right? Yeah. For a little while, the movie even gives you this weird vibe that she might not even be real because of all the stuff happening to this other black girl. How does she survive this long? Mm -hmm. Right. She's like that weird unicorn. And then the sage giving this sage advice. And she I'm like, is this girl real? Is she imagining this girl? And then, you know, the scene in the bathroom happens. It's like, oh, no, she's real because the other girls see her. Mm-hmm. Cause it was kind of like this weird kind of, okay, is she a plant? Is she really going to be on the side of this other girl? Is she going to play that? It's only room for one of us vibe because being an African-American in different walks of life and even professional life, you get, you, you run into that. There's only room for one. Well, I'm the black guy at this office. 
So if another black person gets hired, only one of us can stay, you know? And so I was kind of trying to figure that girl out. And then when she showed compassion, I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to work out. But then obviously you you see how it did work out. But um, yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. That, would, would they even hit on? And, and I, I made a note of it. It's early on in the scene. It's really fast, but she goes in the cafeteria the first time. And there's a lunch lady who kind of gives her a stare down. Is that kind of what you're speaking to? Right, right. Because it's like, how does she get here? Because the role we have to play is subservient. But I, I refuse to do it with a black person. Mm-hmm. Right. Because who does that who does that black girl think she is to be up here with all these white folks being all all that now calling herself a student? It was that, you know, because when I when I first saw I'm like, oh, and see, and that's what's so funny, man. And being an African-American, I'm thinking about the jolts that I had in the movie, because when you go off to school and you go to a PWI, you feel alone and you're looking for family culturally. And typically African-Americans have certain roles and it's just is what it is. You got the custodian, you got the lady that works in a cafeteria. Somebody might be somebody's secretary, like in a financial aid office, stuff like that. And you always look for these mother figures, somebody I can go confide in that's going to take care of me. So when the girl went into the cafeteria, I instantly thought, oh, that's going to be one of her mothers. That's going to be that black lady that says, oh, baby, you know, let me make sure I take care of you. Do you want some extra peas on your, you know, here's an extra piece of bread. I thought she was going to be that lady. And then it was that jolt of, oh, just slapping food on her plate. You ain't nobody to me. And culturally, I could feel that jolt of that young lady because I'm sure that's what she wanted. Oh, this, this could potentially be one of my moms away from home. Cause that's how that you could see how the girl was approaching her, like, "Oh wow, a black person, an older lady. This this lady might be one of my moms here." And then to get that reception, I was like, "Wow," because that's what we look for. And I mean that that part was written so well and so jolting, you know. Because I'm I'm sure ninety five percent of the black people that was watching that movie was like, "Yep, that's going to be the lady that she going. They're going to do that little thing. She's going to be the sage advice lady." Blah. No, and just the immediate slap in the face for that by that lady. Typically, it it, it kind of blew me away. In the world of academia, it's just so, uh, and it's a really funny part. They they should have it on YouTube just as a separate piece. The uh, PS the diversity PSA that the university puts out, and so oh right, yeah, right. yeah, that was but, yeah, that was but, hilarious. But just yeah. the ba- the backwards ways of like, and it's good. I, I'm not saying it's not good that there are diversity. Uh, programs now and lots of organizations and universities. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing, but, you know, kind of showcasing that like, oh yeah, we have this diversity, uh, you know, program, the, uh, the professor, you know, who's trying to get tenure, uh, that sort of thing. But then like, so contradictory on how they welcome such students. So it's like, you want, you want this, you want this diversity uh, population to come in, but then, you know, you, you know, look down upon those people when they don't fit what you perceive as the ideal student or the ideal professor well, or, yeah. 
in a weird way that that kind of happens, right? So like they do that diversity video, because I'm, I'm thinking probably beyond the movie, but I'm thinking kind of in life, right? You do the diversity initiative and you do the diversity video and the commercial to attract diversity. But when you get them there, you don't treat them well enough to make them want to stay. And so now you can say, hey, we tried, but they came and they didn't want to be here. We tried to have diversity, but all our diversity just dropped out. Yeah, because when they got there, based on your little video, you treated them like dirt. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the story. That's never the story, right? And so uh, that's yeah, I, I saw that kind of that was kind of a really funny, but but typical. Yeah, you know. Well, I was gonna, you know, I, I was gonna pose this question uh, to you, but the 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 big theme, you know, well, there's lots of th- there's lots of themes in this movie, but a big part, you know, at the end is. Uh, is it worth the battle of staying or do you go? Uh, she, uh, they really present, you know, what's better. Do I, you know, do I affect change by sticking it out or, you know, do I just leave? And I, I, I really like, like that concept of it. And, um, and I think it also plays into, cause any kind of horror movie, no matter what type it is, it always has that persona of just, why don't you get get out of there? I mean, the first hint, right, right. you know, I'm almost like if I'm in the room where this uh, former, <laughs> you know, I'm out, I, I, I'm totally out. So that's, that's the basis of every right. horror movie. And even the movie itself, as you're watching it, you, there's a sense of like, you're just like, why doesn't she just leave? Why doesn't she just, you know, right. go home? But then it starts to play on that of like, no, like if you leave, you're showing them that they won. And also, yeah. you know, um, and so I, re- I really liked how it played with the genre, uh, in, in that case. Um, and so, uh, I, I, yeah, it, it was kind of funny to me. And, um, to me, I saw it as when she finally was at that party and she realized that it's the way now that it's always going to be. And that spirit's going to always be there. She needs to get out of there. Because if anything, she could be attracting more kids into that abuse. So let's just get out of here. Let them have it. I don't want any more blood on my hands by trying to convince kids to stay and trying to convince them that it's all right. Because who was here in the beginning when they built that school is still here spiritually. Mm -hmm. And that's too hard of a thing for me to break on my own. Um, and it kind of harkens back to, and I, I tell a lot of people, I believe that my parents and my grandparents kind of lived by this, but they never said these words. And it was always be willing to be the only one, but don't settle being the only one. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And so she's in there by herself and she's willing to be that only voice of potentially reason or that beacon of light for other students of color to come there. But then it broke her. She's like, I I'm willing to be the only one, but I, I'm going to settle now. I'm not going to try to get more people here. I'm out of here. Right. Right. You know, um, and even her ally and her dear friend (laughs) wind up being not even African-American, which was kind of ha ha, not hilarious, but it was like, wow, they're even trying to culturally appropriate that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In their whiteness, trying to figure out what black is. It's like, oh, this this is the okay version of black. 
because I'm playing it as a white woman. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, wow. Yeah. And it, it really questions. So that, that was kind of, yeah. It really questions. Um, I mean, it, of course it centers on academia, but you know, it really stands in for lots of in- institutions, but um, I mean, especially universities, I mean, it's completely built on tradition, like from the get go, you know, you can walk yeah. around, you can walk around, you see the old black and white photographs, you see all the portraits of the people that founded uh, such universities. It's there. And really, I mean, there's always steps you can make to change. But as you said, if they're, if they're so deeply rooted, you know, what, is it, is it really going to change, you know? And so and right, in order, right. in order to survive, you, you know, you, almost, you have to <laughs> take bits of pieces away from yourself to adjust to them versus them adjusting to you. But, um, right. And, and it was so funny. I mean, thinking back on that, on that teacher, right. The, her friend that was passing for black, um, the hard time she gave that only black student, Right. It's like, well, you know, your paper didn't go deep enough and you're not speaking to this. And as far as the black, the black experience and now and then when you find out at the end (laughs) that, wait a minute, how is this white woman telling a black girl that she's not speaking adequate, adequately enough into the black experience? You know, and because it's like, okay, is the girl bitter? She's going to go up against her and. Why is she going up against this other, you know, and it, and the movie plays us, right? Because it's like, as as an African-American, it's like, okay, yeah, sometimes we can bump heads and have conflict in the family, I call it, but you don't bring everybody else into it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm almost defending this teacher a little bit against the student, like, hey, this is another black lady. She just wants you to think deeper, you know, give it, give it more, be more committed to this paper. And, you know, she wants to be your mentor. Then I, at the end of the movie, I get my slap in the face, like, wait a minute. Okay. This is like <laughs> the caricature of a black person is trying to tell a real black person how to be black. And it's like, they got me with that one, you yeah. know, but it was, it was all these juxtapositions of things. It was, it was kind of crazy, man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm almost appreciating the, the movie more, uh, just, <laughs> just having a conversation about it, just because it elicits, <laughs> you know, such conversation. Was, was there anything that you didn't like about the movie? Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, I think the horror component was just kind of added. Um, it was a, it was a decent blend. I think it could have played without it at a certain level, cause I'm kind of imagining the movie and what it would have been without it, you know, because the, the societal things could have drove that girl crazy too. Yeah. Not just this fabled witch that was messing with her. Right. And so, but I can kind of see how you can make a movie more palatable by adding that horror element, but it seems as though that horror element was added to make it more palatable. Yeah. Right. Versus the school driving the girl crazy. And it's like, cause it could have been other eyeballs on her on, you know, on campus, which they really usually are. Right. Cause you're the oddball person out. And so those eyeballs could have been other staff and students versus this crazy, you know, ghost witch lady, you know, so it could have been played a different way. And, you know, but I appreciate the horror elements for, the, for what they were for. Uh, but I think that's probably the weakest part for me was adding the horror to it um, without yeah. a real need. Uh, but I, 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 
I do like, though, the psychological plays of the, I keep calling her the den mother, the lady that played the master, mm-hmm. you know, but her seeing the servant in the house, you know, and her finding the old pictures of different stuff and her seeing present day people that were the exact same people from the portraits. I like those psychological aspects of it. I enjoyed that tie in. Uh, but the, the crazy witch lady in the three thirty three in the morning and, eh. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so that part was a little played out, but the other elements of that past, yeah, you know, coming into the present, I like that. Yeah, so I do wish, um, especially um, the uh, Zoe, and I, I want to make sure I get her name right because I thought she did great. Uh, Jasmine Moore, who played you know the young student that came, I do wish there was maybe yeah. a little bit more character development with her and some other people. It seemed like the movie itself was had lots of ideas, and they really just focused hard on the plot aspect of it. But it's also a really tight movie. Yeah. I mean, it's only you know it's not much more over ninety minutes, which I always appreciate in my life. So sometimes I think you have to sacrifice those those things. But I, I really thought uh, Jasmine Moore was a really good young actress, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see her yeah. uh, pop up in uh, some some things for sure, some future big project. Yeah. She definitely played her role. Well, I mean, you could see, you could see, you could feel for her, even though the character wasn't highly developed, but you could feel for her character. Uh, Cause she definitely looked like she was in distress. <laughs> yes. I mean, she, she played that character, you know? And so, yeah, so she did a really good job. Okay. Brad. Uh, now it's time for that moment in the show that posed some deeper questions to you. It's time for movie musings. Movie musings. Do university libraries still have microfilm? And if they do, would somebody like Zoe know how to use such a microfilm? I just was really impressed with her detective skills. Yeah, I, I was, when I saw that, I'm like, there's no way that she knows what that stuff even is. Yeah. I, there's I, no way. I think, and I, especially, you know, looking at it in the negative, you know, it's like, you know, go put it on the printer and stuff like there's no way she figured that out. Right? I, I, faint, I faintly remember doing that a little bit, maybe elementary school age, uh, like looking at old newspaper clippings <laughs> like that and stuff. But um, I maybe there was a scene where the librarian was there to show her how to do it. But anyway, I was like, I just thought I found that pretty funny. Like, uh, yeah, she wouldn't she yeah. wouldn't know how to do that. So <laughs> uh, I'm but, guessing some colleges still have that because I, I did it in the 90s. So. I'm guessing well, that some of them still have it, but I, I, I doubt many students use them. Yeah, I would, I, I would assume that uh, they do, but I, I, I don't know that for sure. I should, yeah. I should go to one and just uh, test it out. But I don't know. I, I might be afraid of what <laughs> I might be afraid of what I find if I if I do that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, the the other, the other question I have for you is, um, it's a little a little bit deeper, and you've kind of touched it on a little bit, but. Uh, not just in academia, but like how, how do you as a African-American male handle it? it just really, I mean, I've always known this, but it just really hit me just like how much, how much of our establishments are rooted in such white history and being, you know, blunt racist history. Um, and you've talked about it a little bit, but I mean, just, um, what challenges has, 
you know, do you face every day because of that? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've faced, uh, blatant challenges. Whereas when I used to be a freelance graphic designer, I would go in for jobs. And because my name is Bradley, you can't tell from the resume. <laughs> and so I would get there and you can see the look of surprise on the HR person's face. Uh, or I would go in for a freelance gig cause they, they put out a call throughout the city and they, I've been told before, Oh, we already have a black guy. Right. So those are just kind of blatant, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. We already got one of those. Uh, then I've had the, you know, the kind of micro stuff, right. Where I'm now the voice for all of black America because <laughs> I'm the only one in the room. So I must answer for the whole culture all the time. Right. And it can, and it, and, uh, it can get comical, but then it's like, well, because you've made a concerted effort not to have more people of color in the room. And now you're putting me under the microscope of answering or providing your encyclopedia, you know, knowledge of everything, people of color. Right. And so that's, that's kind of some of the more humorous parts of it. But, and I, I think, you know, even in, in, in professional cultures, people are going to hire who they're comfortable around. And I dare say I'm a lot of white people's only black friend <laughs> or one of the, one of the few black people they know. Yeah. I can pretty much guarantee that for most of the white people I know, I'm one of the only few black people they know. Um, and with that, you know, comes a level of, I don't know. I, I have to have authority over that situation, right? To encourage them and challenge them to put, have more people of color in their life. And I'll say this, and you know, we won't disclose where people work or have worked, you know, in the past and stuff like that. But I remember a situation, quite frankly, I think it was just because people of color were never in the room. Uh, they were printing a magazine and whenever there was a person, an African person, in the magazine, you would see the typical flies in the eyes, you know, crust on the mouth kind of thing. Yeah. Whenever there was a person from anywhere else, it looked like a glamour shot. And I questioned it. I was like, why is it whenever there's an African child, it looks like this? And why, why is it when there's a Caucasian child or Asian child, it looks like that? Yeah. And it's like, well, we didn't know because you never thought about it and nobody ever challenged it. You thought that was okay. You just stay with those norms. But I, I'm going to challenge that. And I've always been under the, uh, felt the internal power that if I'm going to be in that space, then I need to speak up. Right. You know, and let it be known how I feel about something and point those things out. And a lot of times some, you have to really distinguish is that racism or ignorance or just lack of knowledge because they've never had anybody else in the room to even ask that question. It is this offensive to you. Right. Um, and even another aspect of it because of the organization or the charity that I was, you know, dealing with at the time, everyone that was a person of color was always in a position of receiving, never in a position of serving. Mm -hmm. Right. It was always a white person being photographed serving and a person of color in a position of receiving always. 
Yeah. And it's like, you'll never have people of color support this organization if you only show us being served. Right. Show us what you would like us to do. Show us serving. And we're like, oh, people of color serve at that organization. I, 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 that looks like me. I want to go serve. But if only pictures I see of myself as you handed me a plate, I, yeah. I can't support that. You're right? right. And so, and so those are kind of like those little micro kind of things that, and it's only so long you can chalk that up to, they don't know any better. Right. right? At some point there's effort in that. Right. And you have to just be aware of it and be willing to speak into it. Yeah. But so I, I've had a variety of, of those kind of things, frankly, throughout my professional life from the time I graduated college up until today, you know, cause I've been one of only two in the room, the only one in the room, the only one in the whole department, uh, the only one on the whole floor of the building. That's just uh, where I've been finding myself, you know? And so how do you navigate that? Yeah. You know, I think as you mentioned, just that's why it's so important of actually, you know, practicing what you what you preach with like diversity and those sort of things of just getting, you know, and that's, that's what I've learned over time is just <laughs> one, one person is not going to like change your outlook of everything, but like, not just putting, bring like this movie, like bringing in, they're bringing in people, but they're not actually listening to them and not just listening to them, right. uh, but actually, <laughs> yeah. actually like putting them in positions to actually, you know, uh, do things. And so, um, yeah, I, so I, I mean, I, I'm assuming, especially since you helped kind of bring me to this movie, that this is a movie you highly recommend people seeking out, uh, as I do, as, as I do. Um, it's, yeah, uh, I think, I think it's definitely worth the watch for sure. Um, I kind of accidentally happenstance upon it when I, cause the, the movie poster doesn't do it justice. No. <laughs> I'll just say that when you see the movie poster, it's like, eh. And then, you know, you watch the preview and it's or the trailer and it's like, okay, let me get that a look. And so, yeah, but it's definitely, uh, definitely worth seeing. And if you have Amazon prime, it's streaming. So it's, it's really easy <laughs> to get access to it if you have that. So, yeah. Um, anyway, well, um, yeah, I would say don't go in with expectations. I, I, I think some people that might not have liked it thought they were going to see a horror movie and wind up seeing a social commentary movie with some horror in it. And that could that could make people think that they got you know got you know got the okie doke played on them a little bit, right? Right, right. Um, but I, I think if you go in with no expectation of it being some super duper horror movie, but just look at it for the substance, I think you can enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm really um, I'm really excited to see uh, what this director has done with this movie, and I I, I think this will be something. You, you can look back on to see the foundation that was starting. Cause uh, I think we'll see some uh, great, great films uh, to come out of her. So, um, well, I, I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of a, a, your busy schedule to, to talk about this. And uh, I mean, it just brought just amazing thoughts and perspectives to this. And I want to give you a chance if uh, other people, uh, is there anything you want to plug so they can find where you are out there in this world? 
Yeah, I, I don't have a lot going on, man, but I'm on social media as Bradley Vincent, and some people know me as Bradley Teaches because I'm a graphics guy, and I, I show people how to make graphics and animations. So, yeah, but that's that's I'm just out there. Look for Bradley Vincent, and I was about to say look uh, look for my ugly mug, but this is all audio. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, yeah, so just, yeah, look for me out there on social media as, as Bradley Teaches. I think I'm the only one of that person in the world. Might not be the only Bradley Vincent, but, yeah. But they can find me those ways. Okay, awesome. Well, good deal. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, uh, we'll ha- we'll have to do this again. Man, you know I'm up to it, man. Anytime, man. It's always good to hang out with good people, man. So, all right. Well, thanks, man. Uh, we'll talk soon. Big thanks to Brad for coming on to the show. It was so great to catch up with him and hear his thoughts on this unique film. I want to know what you thought about Master, or even about today's show. You can always email us at moviesarelivepod at gmail.com. For movie reviews and past episodes, visit moviesourlife.com. While you're there, you can find all the links to our various social media accounts and podcast streaming platforms. Thank you so much for listening and tell your friends to subscribe.